And I just kept thinking, where could I go from here? How could I use the experience and the tools that I've got being this long arm clipping machine that not many people have access to and my classical fine arts education and put them together and make something cool. Welcome to the Saginaw Art Museum podcast. COVID-19 pandemic is altering the usual routines of people around the globe and around the block. As practices of social distancing and self-quarantine are implemented, artists are finding new ways to adapt to the changing landscape. In this series, Art at Home, we have conversation with artists and creative-minded individuals to understand the way these unusual times are impacting lives. Viewing Millie Funk's work, you quickly realize this is not your traditional quilting. In what Funk refers to as thread illustration, she is inventing a new technique for using a long-arm quilting machine to create elaborate etching-like drawings with fabric and thread. While giving highest respect to more traditional art of quilting, she looks to pioneer quilting among a younger generation. This interview was recorded April 20th, 2020. I'm here today with Millie Funk, and uh, she is a quilt artist. Millie, you have a little bit of a different view of maybe what some of our listeners might have when I say quilt artist. And uh, I guess, would that would that even be the accurate title is calling you a quilt artist? You, know, you do some pretty interesting work. Describe a little bit of what your work for us. Um, I like to call it thread illustration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, basically, what I do is I have a long arm quilting machine and I have a flat piece of fabric and I illustrate with the machine as if it were a pen or a pencil. I use the thread color. I use, you know, hatching, cross hatching, different textures, different designs to create the image using the thread as opposed to, you know, fabric. Yeah, I, that's a, quite a different, different way of working. Uh, for somebody that hasn't uh, seen a long arm quilting um, machine before, how would you describe that to them? Most of us have an idea of what a sewing machine looks like. So what I like to say is, you know, take the sewing machine and put it on wheels. You know, it's not quite accurate, but it's a like a 14-foot carriage, I guess you could call it. And then you have the machine on wheels that can go any direction on that carriage. And it's got handles, and I move it, and... It's, it's massive. Yeah, it's it's big. It's it's not uh, something that you necessarily just uh, pack in your subcompact no. car and, and move. No, it's not your grandma's quilting machine. No. It is an industrial tool. So tell me a little bit more about how you got involved in quilting and specifically um, using your long arm quilting uh, machine there for doing this kind of work. Well, my mother owns a t-shirt quilt company where people send her their shirts and we make a quilt and send it back. So I ran the long arm machine for her company, worked my way through high school and college. I have an art degree in illustration. After college, I kept going, you know, family run business, taking more and more responsibility. And one day I was at work by myself, didn't have anything to do, but I had a white piece of fabric. And so I put it on the machine and I was just doodling, for lack of a better word. And I ended up 
quilting a gigantic illustration of a tree on on the white fabric. It was black on white, and the back was white on black, so it was reversible, kind of a negative. And I just kept thinking, where could I go from here? How could I use the experience and the tools that I've got being this long-arm quilting machine that not many people have access to and my classical fine arts education and put them together and make something cool. Yeah. And it it certainly looks like you've uh, found a way to do that. Many of your illustrations sort of capture that look of pen and ink almost, you know, at first glance, they look as if they've been, you've used a, a ballpoint pen uh, and or or some sort of pen to color these mm-hmm. these quilting projects um, pieces that that you've done. Tell me a little bit more about how you sort of get inspiration for the designs that you pick. Is that something that you go out seeking, or is it something that comes to you a little bit more? A little bit of both. Um... I've always been drawn to strong pen and ink drawings, such as, you know, the huge trend of Zentangle right now that's going around. And a lot of printmaking is strong black and white lines. That's always something that's been an inspiration to me. And so when I go looking for designs, I look for, you know, I start sometimes I'll be looking at tattoo illustrations and then it'll evolve uh, through the process of searching through shapes that I like. I'll find another pen and ink drawing that'll lead me to, you know, in a scientific drawing that just got added to the public domain. I've been doing a lot of butterflies and those are inspired by a lot of the botanical drawings that are, you know, from the early 19th century, not 19th century, I'm sorry, early 1900s. And that have just been added to the public domain and I'm looking through them and I'm seeing the line, the color. And sometimes people send me cool things. Like my dad sends me something new every couple of days. Like you should try this or you should do that. And it's just got a lot of inspiration coming from all sides. You had uh, indicated that this is something that's still relatively a new media for you. Um, you're mm-hmm. starting out and you're discovering and experimenting somewhat. How has the stay-at-home orders here in Michigan and the quarantine impacted some of that creative process that you have, uh, considering that the long-arm quilting um, machine is uh, big? Is that something that you have access to right now? I do have access to it right now. Um, I mentioned my mom has her quilting company. Mm -hmm. She used to have 12 employees. And... Due to the stay-at-home order, those 12 employees cannot be here. So my mother and I are trying to keep her small business afloat. And that has really, you know, clamped down on my time. I've been working, you know, six days a week doing, you know, her customer stuff. I haven't had the mental energy to, you know, explore my own creativity because by the time I get a free moment, it's just... I'm exhausted. And so I, I have access to the tools. I just don't have access to that creative spark right now, just because everything's so wild, which is frustrating. 
because I feel like I need to make something, but I just, you know, you look at it and you're just tired and you can't. It's almost, almost as though, um, uh, an artist block, you know, I, we talk about writer's block, but, uh, I think what you're describing is more sort of an artist block, uh, where there's a certain hierarchy of, uh, priorities that you have right now working in, mm-hmm. uh, with your family's business. And, uh, at the end of the day, uh, your mind is a little bit toast. Yeah. And I, the, the long arm that I use is the company's long arm. So if the company, I rent time from my mother if the company goes under, those long arms go away. And I can't, I'm, I, I just started this a year ago. So I can't afford my own long arm. And so it's like if I lose, if my mother's company closes, I lose access to the long arm and thus I lose access to my art. So I have to really, I've had, it's a hard priority prioritizing something else above what is my passion. But I'm hopeful that once the stay-at-home order is done and things can start to go back to some semblance of a normal, that by taking care of the company, I can take care of myself and my dreams to make art, to be an artist. Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting how during this time, how interconnected um, the relationship is between different sectors and different um different people and different communities and how it's impacting everybody in, in different ways. Um, you know, that, that description that you have of, um, first things first, uh, is really sort of a theme that we're hearing quite a bit of. Tell me a little bit more. Um, are you having trouble accessing uh, supplies that you need for doing, doing your art right now as well? Are those in short supply at all? No, the supplies are all here. I, I, I buy them from my mother's company because she's got a lot of remainders, uh, things that can't aren't big enough or not the right shape for a customer quilt. I have all of the, I have everything that I need. I just, I don't have the time. And that's almost the exact opposite of what everybody else is experiencing. And I have another friend who's an artist as well, and she's done so much creating in these past couple of weeks because she has all the time in the world. That she's been able to focus in and create and do amazing things. And I'm the exact opposite because I don't have that time. And I, I feel, I feel a little jealous of people who get to stay at home. But at the same time, I'm grateful that I don't have to. I, sh- I do have to because it's a home based business, but I have access to the supplies and the creative outlet, but I just can't use it. Well, um, sort of looking into the future, you know, considering that artist dream that you had mentioned, um, what does that look like for you? Is making uh, these elaborate quilts um, and illustrated, threaded illustration, did I get right this time? Um, yeah. Is this, is this something that you hope to continue to pursue uh, further down the road? Yeah, I really think it is because I, I i mean, I've spent a lot of time on the internet the past year researching and trying to find someone, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been looking to try and find someone who does anything like I do. And 
I haven't really found anyone. There are people doing embroidery. There are people doing needlework. There are people doing quilting. And to some extent, some thread painting where they do a general outline in the, with a the long arm and then they take acrylic paint and then they paint in the details. But no one is doing quite as intricate thread work as I am using a long arm quilting machine. Mm-hmm. And I really want to explore that. And being a young woman in the quilting area is kind of daunting and I want to help bring quilting into a new generation as opposed to letting it die off, you know, in the area of modernization where everything is made on a computer or with a machine. I want to bring back some of that handmade aspect to quilting. Yeah. Quilting itself is, is is such a tactile kind of way of working and uh, a community building kind of um, exercise mm-hmm. in, in, in some respects. And certainly I could see how you could pioneer sort of this new method of working into the future with, with others in your community and uh, developing something of a, a original way of creating a piece of, piece of art. Yeah, evolving, evolving what we already have and building on that community of quilters. I mean, every community that you could go to, if you look, you can find a quilt guild. And if you go to a quilt guild meeting, the majority of the members are old women. I don't want to say old women, but uh, in my experience, they are older women. And you show up as a young person there. And they're so excited to see the art form that is quilting evolve and go new places. And and not be stuck with them or die off with their generation. Yeah, you, you get the opportunity to carry that torch and demonstrate a continued relevance of, of this art form. Mm-hmm. And it really is an art form. A lot of people think that quilting in general is more of a craft. And I really, I really push back against the idea of quilting as a craft because there's so much math involved. There's, I mean, traditional piece quilting is just, it takes so much skill and concentration. And I really encourage people to go look at traditional quilts and all of the different styles of quilts and how it's evolved throughout the years. Because to me, it's not a craft. It, it really is an art form. It's a different medium, but it, it still is art. That's, that's, um, you know, what, a very thoughtful way of putting it, you know, the, in terms of reframing how people might think of quilting and think of the quilts that, that they've seen or have. And, uh, so that's, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Sort of in, uh, closing here, you know, if there's, if there's one or two things that you're looking forward to most once, um, some of this, uh, some of the restrictions are lifted, um, what would those things be? I think getting back to the community. Um, I'm part of the, I'm, I'm a runner and I go to a run club and I do go to quilt guild meetings every once in a while. And there are some local artists that I've been working with in the Lansing and Old Town area. Just getting back to them. You can show them a picture of what you're working on online 
and you can share it on Instagram or whatever. But it's not the same as, you know, going there, talking over colors, ideas, talking and getting feedback on your current work. And I'm really looking forward to having that community back around me and having the time to see them face to face and, you know, check in. Well, Millie, thank you so much for um, sharing your time and uh, your perspective today. Um, I'm going to look forward to look forward to seeing where your career takes you, and um, best wishes to you and your family uh, through this challenging time. Yeah, stay, stay, stay home and stay healthy. Thank you for listening to the Saginaw Art Museum podcast. You can stay connected with the museum through our website and social media channels. We invite you to become a subscriber of this podcast or become a monthly contributor to the show to help us carry out our mission of providing art for all.